This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 79, Submission 835, Condo. Condo aired on ABC from February 10th, 1983 to June 9th, 1983 for a total of 13 episodes. Memories of those good old days gone by. We're making room for something new. If there's a road called Easy Street, I'll easy ride it with you. What do you have? What do you get when you take an upwardly mobile family from the barrio and a downsizing kind of middle of the road, what bread, waspy family from the suburbs and put them in the same condominium complex? You get maybe the timeliest comedy of 1983 because. Really, when it came to the housing market, what was hotter than condos? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. It's like, yeah. the, it's like the suburbs, they were so 1960s. And the barrio, that, was, uh, that wasn't a thing just yet. But what better? But somebody, somebody at ABC looked at Paul Junger, Witt, and Tony Thomas and said, you know what's funny? gentrification and of course who led all this our personal favorite in these parts mclean stevenson yes, yes. we all the love the patron saint of this podcast oh we all love mclean stevenson on this podcast and, and this is the fourth show which he essentially killed before mash aired his well i shouldn't say mash aired his family mash left the air yeah, MASH's final episode would have been February 28th, and its premiere would have been February 10th. But still, there would have been reruns until probably spring or summer of, of 83. Yeah, MASH was probably still in reruns until summer. So yeah, this, this is the fourth show since he left MASH, which got killed before MASH even left the airwaves. Yep. We had the McLean-Stevenson show. Oh yeah, we'll cover that eventually. We've covered Hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. In the beginning, we, we've got to cover soon. Oh, and actually, that's uh, that's the fifth one, because we could also add Match Game to the list. Oh, oh yeah. Match Game 80, because, 81, 82. 
again, that's that's filed under it was it ran one season too long. And, and then we have Condo. So that's actually five shows that oh, he no, no, no. That premiered, but yeah. Wait, afterwards you forgot Dirty Dancing the TV series. Well, I just said while Mash was, while on, Mash the was on the air. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dirty Dancing wouldn't come later, but it's on this list, so. Yeah. Oh, yes. We're going to cover uh, Dirty Dancing eventually. Because uh, aren't they doing like a new, aren't they doing a reboot TV series for Prime or something? Probably. I think. At least I haven't heard any updates on that. Well, there well, wouldn't good. be any updates on anything these days, but. Yeah, good luck finding an update on that, huh? So this crazy show, we had one family, the Kirkridges, uh, father James Kirkridge, middle-aged insurance salesman, upwardly mobile, sort of an aging elder yuppie, like Eliza Schlesinger would be an elder millennial. He's an elder yuppie, but he has some sort of dim-witted wife by the name of Kiki, and they're uh, 2.3 kids. Well, actually, it's just the two kids. Scott Kirkridge, who is a bit of a, who's a student, and Billy Kirkridge, who is sort of a teenager. Um, we'll talk about who played Billy in a bit. Yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, in more ways than one, you have the Rodriguez's. We have Jesus, a.k.a. Jesse, who is the, uh, uh, well, he's a self-made businessman who owns a landscaping company. So he, so he's, so you don't have to worry about where he, where he's eaten. Oh no. And his wife, his, his, uh, constantly put upon wife, Maria, and their law student daughter, Linda. Now, both families are a bit conservative in their own ways. Uh, the Kirkridges are this uh, waspy kind of middle-of-the-road, white-bread, mayo family from the suburbs. And the Rodriguez's, they are your... Uh, they, they made it out of the barrio, but, they didn't, but the barrio didn't make it out of them. And, and that is evidenced by the fact that they are living with... Uh, Maria's Maria's father and Jesse's father-in-law Jose. Oh yeah, did we forget to mention that uh, the Kirkridge uh, older son and the uh, daughter of of the Rodriguez's? Oh, they happen to be married. Ooh, Ooh. yeah, they get yeah they get married like in the end of the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Tell them why they got married, Mike. She's pregnant. Santa, Mar- Santa Maria! Yeah. But also, at the end of the first episode, the family didn't even know they were boyfriend and girlfriend, let Santa alone pregnant. Lu- let Sa- alone pregnant. Santa Lucia! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Clutch your rosary beads. It's going to be one heck of a ride. Santa Barbara! This is going to be the entire episode. It's going to be Chico saying Santa everything. Santa Anita. <laughs> Linda and Scott, they're, uh, they're in a family way, let's say. And by convenience, they live in the same condo complex next to each other. What's two families going to do? 
Mm. Well, the old man for the Rodriguez family decides to tear down a wall and uh, put a door in between the two condos so they can freely visit the uh, the baby. Aww. And, and you can see this in the opening uh, of the uh, show. Yeah, the old man you. takes an axe and just hammers away at with the... That, with uh, very a thought to it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very recklessly, but yeah. With great joy and violence, let's say. He he, he definitely was a guy who ne- definitely did not pick an axe for the first time. He had had experience with this before. Mm-hmm. I don't was want it. Zod- was he the Zodiac? Maybe assisted Ed Begley Jr., who knows? <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, my takeaway of this show... This was almost, if you think about it, like an updated version of soap. Think yeah. about it. Soap right. for the eighties, yeah. Soap yeah, for the eighties, right, da- right down to the uh, end, right down to the end of the opening credits. Well, oh, exactly. Well, not just that. I mean, also when you talk about the people involved, the production companies, uh, talking about Witt and Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were uh, two thirds of the people behind soap. But also, yeah, the open. The, the shot of them, uh, of the two families at the couch, that screams soap. That is definitely soap. Yep. That is soap right there. But also, you know, with all the, the infighting of the two families, but also, well, I mean, the, the relationship between uh, the uh, son of the uh, Kirkridges and the daughter of the, uh, of the Rodriguez's, sort of kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that happened on soap because you did have uh, a few times where uh, the, the Tates or the Campbells had r- relationships with one another and everybody had a friggin' relationship on soap. It seemed whether it was with the Tates, the Campbells or outside the family yeah. families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was just, you could tell that the interplay and the, the chemistry, or lack thereof, was very central to the plot of this series. I mean, on one hand, you have Scott and Linda trying to make it work against all odds as a legitimate married couple. And then, on the other hand, you have their parents who are either at each other, willing to help each other, or at each other, trying to kill each other. Or just burying all those feelings down, burying them down, just leaving them be. And if you've ever seen uh, H- Hank Hill and Khan Supanusim phone on King of the Hill, it was a lot like that. Yes. Oh, that's a good comparison. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, we mentioned the baby. I don't think we mentioned the baby's name. Um, no, we did not mention the baby's name. You haven't? I do. Oh, yes, it's... I can't even pronounce it. Joselito. Okay. A very ethnic name. Maybe it's just me, but Jesse Rodriguez owning a landscape company, maybe a tad stereotypical racist there? A teeny-weeny bit? Well, it's, it's no racist than him not accepting the marriage because there wasn't a priest at the uh, little uh, Las Vegas... The chapel. chapel that they got married at. Don't worry, dude. In, when Michael Jordan gets married at Vegas, it's going to be very styling. You don't have to worry. They'll probably have like some priests in the chapel. The last dance. Anyway, 
So yeah, uh, Joselito, named after the grandfather, I'm guessing. Jose. Yeah, Grand- that makes grandfather. sense. Yeah, makes sense. But we got to talk about the people involved, not just on the acting side, but also behind the scenes. Uh, we mentioned the producers were Paul Junger Witt and Tony Thomas and John Rich, and they would go on to bigger and better things. And they already had pretty big things. Uh, we talked about Soap, Soap. Benson. Benson. It's a Living. It's a Living. Golden Girls. Herman's Head. Yeah, Empty Nest. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But also, we should mention the producers were Saul Turtletaub and Bernie Orenstein. Saul Turtletaub and Bernie Orenstein from What's Happening, Saul Turtletaub and Bernie Orenstein? And also the Saul Turtletaub and Bernie Orenstein from Sanford and Son. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, one in the same. Nice. Uh, Bernie, or- who, I think, who was it? Either Bernie Oren, I think it was Orenstein. Uh, he was a guest on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast in the past week because they did like a roundtable with different comedy writers. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I, you got, yeah. It was either Turtle Hub or Orenstein. I didn't listen to the show yet. Uh, one of them is dead. The other was on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. Well that, well, that whittles it down, doesn't it? Well, you got a 50-50 shot. And then... The music. Oh my oh, gosh. Now, first gosh. off, I love that open. I that, love that open. I'm just gonna say it right yes, now. I, yes, I yeah. And you know what? Props to we got we have to give a special shout out here. Our our good friend Amanda Walker turned us on to a uh, onion article about theme theme songs that explain the show's deal. This is one of those theme songs that just explains the show's deal. Yeah. Yes, and uh, we need to thank George Allison Tipton for it, but also a tip of the hat to Paul Williams. That Paul Williams? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that Paul Williams uh, wrote the lyrics to the, uh, the theme song called Live and Love It Up. And I mean, you can hear that. Live and love it up. Yeah. And I'm doing the Victor Cruz again. Okay. But also, we need to talk about who actually resided in the condo. We talked about McLean Stevenson. We talked about his history. There are other people there. Uh, there was Maria Rodriguez, played by Yvonne Wilder, mm-hmm. okay. who would later go on to Full House, playing Katsopoulos. Oh. oh. Very, a very, very diverse... Very uh, versatile actress that Yvonne Wilder, and and their daughter, uh, their daughter Linda Rodriguez, played by actress and dancer Julie Carmen, who did a lot of work off 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 Broadway. I think this might have been her uh, first TV role, if I'm not mistaken. Her first regular TV role. She had a number of guest appearances in the late '80s. Uh, up until 1983. Mm-hmm. And in addition, uh, we're going to talk about Jesse, the father, played by Luis Avalos. Yes. Yes. Who we mentioned is in an entry that Chico brought up a couple months ago. I had three wives. <laughs> 
we will t- we'll, we'll be talking about that eventually. But if, there, if there's footage of the episodes, we'll cover it. Oh uh, yeah. But well, uh, well, and also we should add that Luis Avalos was also in future installment ER, the comedy from 1984. Yeah, but you probably oh he was also in some sort of murder mystery before this show, Highcliff Manor. He played Doctor Sanchez. And we should also add he was on the Electric Company. Yeah. Yes. Uh, probably, and also, with, probably with Morgan Freeman. Yep. And, and one more, because we referred to this a number of episodes ago when we were talking about Joe Mantegna, and we mentioned Lori Faso as one, one, and one, two, the, yeah. the, the Sandinista types. Uh-huh. Well, guess who the general of those uh, ones was? Oh. It was Luis Avalos. Oh. There we go. We're That's tying everything all back together. That's it always pe- goes back to... The previous shows. That's the payoff from Open All Night. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Luis Avalos, was there anything that he was not in during the 80s? I mean, he was in Mama's Family, Simon and Simon, Past and Tree, Jennifer Slept Here, uh, Sheik Mamidi on, on an episode of Benson. He was in Mr. Smith. He was, he was on Mr. Smith. He was in Mr. Smith. Oh my God! Can you imagine? I hope there was a scene with him and Leonard Fry. <laughs> imagine how great that would be. Yep, he was and, on Empty Nest. And, and we should also add, uh, because it's the '80s, and since this comes up all the time, he was on the twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. He was. Everybody he was, in the '80s was on the twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. Well, well, I mean, pretty much that. Yeah, uh, he was on, uh, according to IMDb. March 2nd to March 6th of 1987. And I remember seeing those episodes. Okay. So I can vouch he was on... Well, I, I, I can't vouch for necessarily saying those episodes, but I remember seeing him being introduced. So, yeah, okay. he, he definitely was on the pyramid at some point. And rounding out the uh, Rodriguez family was the Quiley grandfather, Jose, played by James Victor, who would go on to play... Uh, one of the lead roles on the new Zorro. Oh, the I, Disney Channel Zorro? No, not the Disney Channel Zorro. The Family Channel Zorro. Oh, the Family Channel Zorro. Okay. Yeah, the Family Channel Zorro. Sergeant Jaime Gonzalez, I think it was. Okay. I forgot there was a Zorro on the Family Channel. Oh, yeah. It was a really, it, it was a really good show, that Zorro. Okay. Now that we've covered the Rodriguez's, let's take a look at the Kirkridge family. We talked about McLean Stevenson, who played head of household James Kirkridge. His wife was played by Brooke Alderson. She was Kiki. Oh, my. I just hate saying that name. I'm sorry. Kiki. Kiki, do you love me? Do you love me? Don't go breaking my heart. (laughs) I couldn't if I tried. Oh, Interesting how Greg goes to uh, Kiki D. The Kiki D reference. To, and nice. I go to Drake. I go to Drake. And I'm just sitting here saying, both of you make yourselves look like assholes. <laughs> and taking a look at Brooke Alderson's IMDb, this is the only show where she didn't make a guest appearance, where she was a regular character. Uh, wow. I'm shocked. Chico, what type of face do I have? You have a very shocking face right now. This is my shocked face. Yes, it is. And um, the, the elder son, Scott Kirkridge, played by Mark Shubb, who did a lot of guest shots, but, ne- well, 
Yeah, he did a lot of guest shots, but the only other series I guess he had a regular uh, role in was the Paper Chase uh, after Condo. Yeah, that would have been semi-regular. It looks like he was yeah. on six episodes. Yeah, he's a semi-reg. He's, yeah. And as we alluded to earlier, the youngest son, Billy Kirkridge, was played by the one and only Mark Price. Not the basketball player. Skippy! Skippy! Skippy from Family Ties. Skippy Handelman, yes. And the most amazing discovery I, I, we found out was he was doing this while he was doing guest shots on Family Ties. Because he wasn't regular yet. No, he was. he's what you call an elevated regular. He got elevated when this was canceled. Yeah, and he was just so lovable on, on Family Ties. Yeah. And then in 30 years, he got in a Twitter beef with Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole. <laughs> well, we've gone over the general uh, format of the show. We've gone over the production company, the, the behind-the-scenes people. We've gone over the in-front-of-the-camera people. How about we look at some episodes? Let's watch some episodes. By watch, I, of course, mean <laughs> go over them very quickly. And read the recaps, yes. 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 And we'll start off with episode one, which is called The Neighbors. And uh, the description of this episode is, a stereotype wasp and an upwardly mobile Hispanic find themselves condominium neighbors forced with impending family ties. Impending family ties? Did they know something about Skippy we didn't know? (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. And of course... And of course, when we say impending family ties, <laughs> there's a bun in the oven. <laughs> One thing we should mention about this episode is credited as Lady and Sauna, that's what she's credited as, is one Florence Halep. Oh, I know who that lady is. She's yeah, the, the second she's... bailiff on Night Court that died. Oh, yeah. okay. That's that's Flo from Night Court. Yeah. So she's the second second bailiff that died. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, she died. They recast her as Marshall Warfield. They stopped having the dying bailiff problem. Hey. Yeah, they just had to get rid of Selma Diamond and Flores Halep first. Hey, hey guys. Mm-hmm. It's not the. It's not going to be the last time we'll talk about Marsha Wallfield this week. Ooh, spoilers! Yeah. Episode two: the announcements. Scott and Linda tell their parents that they've been secretly married, and also expecting a baby. Yeah, we mentioned this earlier that originally both families thought that they were just a couple, boyfriend, girlfriend, aw, you know, totally innocent. Nope, they got secretly married, and they have a little baby on the way. Yep. We are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely. <laughs> and, and then we have episode three, The Wedding. Because, oh. again, we, talk, we talked about this earlier, Jesse is very set in his ways. He is a staunch Roman Catholic. In the eyes of the church, he believes in the eyes of the church they were not married and that this baby was to be born out of wedlock unless they got a priest. So what did they do in this episode? They got a, they got a church, they got a priest, 
they about to get they're about to uh yeah they're going to the chapel and they're gonna get married but yeah i mean even in the early 80s that was still a little taboo having kids out of wedlock just a bit yeah yeah, they it's like it's like uh, Je- Jesse and Jesse and was like, there's no little bastards running around here, and James is well reluctantly agreeing with him. Reluctantly, James does a lot of things re- reluctantly on this show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they weren't terribly progressive on this show back in 1983. Not no. even close. This was Reagan's America. Damn it. Yeah, this is Reagan's conservative America. There you go. And oh, look at this episode four. Hey, the baby, baby, baby. Yeah, they have a baby. Yeah, under less than perfect circumstances, Linda decides it's time to rush to the hospital and have her baby. This is very slow moving. Do you notice that we're really not getting any subplots or anything that yeah. sort of uh, that, that sort of goes off the beaten path? This actually, when I look at this, this seems more like soap because what was soap? It was basically a, a serial type of TV show where one yeah. episode followed to the next, followed to the next. So yeah, that's what you have here. You have the neighbors, and, and then you have the announcement: Hey, we've been secretly married. Oh, and by the way. A little bundle of joy is going to be coming our way. And then what happens next episode? Let's get the wedding done. Now what happens next episode? The baby comes. So this isn't like, okay, here's a a day in the life at Jesse's landscaping business. Nope. This is sort of a serial, uh, a progressive thing, sort of like soap, if you think about it. Yeah, the thing is, look at it this way. The first three episodes, they were all written by show creator Sheldon Bull. So there oh, was a- Sheldon Bull. Uh, we, we need to mention this. Sheldon Bull, who yeah. uh, one of the greats, Newhart. That's all you need to say, Newhart. Coach. Coach Newhart. But again, that, that's like all, all you really need to say right there. Coach Newhart. End yep. of the list. Need we say more? It's not necessarily the end of the list because we could also add a current show, Mom. Yes. That's been on TV for a number of years. So so there. Mom, Coach, Newhart. And that's pretty list. much the list. That's it. That's the list. Moving on. And going on to episode five. The babysitters. All four grandparents fight over the privilege of babysitting little Joselito when Scott and Linda take a weekend vacation. Should be noted that this episode sounds strikingly familiar to the plotline of one TGIF series, Full House. Because guess who wrote it? One Jeff Franklin. Yes. And you you mentioned earlier the Full House connection with Yvonne Wilder. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. She played a uh, who was it? Debbie Katsopoulos or something? Jesse's, Jesse's mom. mom. Yeah. Yep. Uncle Jesse's mom. And then we go to episode six, the first fight. Oh, you see, yeah, every good relationship you have to have a first oh. fight. This is the first fight. Scott and Linda throw a party for his single friends. 
sparking their first argument. Oh. Well, it's inevitable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then we go to episode seven, That's Entertainment. But James schedules a quiet dinner for a rich client on the same day Jesse launches a wild party to celebrate the 10th anniversary of his landscaping firm. Uh-oh. We're, we're heading into traditional traditional uh, sitcom wtf Yeah. Yeah, because uh, what happens in this episode is uh, James's quiet dinner uh, with, with that client is ruined by Jesse's loud mariachi band music. Whoops. Well, again, that's not, not stereotypical there, you know, mariachi well, band. But yeah, that's mm. that, that was the thing in 1983. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then we go to episode eight, The Franchise. The Franchise? Wait, the this fran- episode. The Franchise. This episode's not about Tom Seaver. Ha. Uh, I think I see what you did there. James and Jesse become partners in a hamburger franchise, but the partnership is far from smooth when the manager fails to show up on opening day. Oh, this sounds like a uh, I Love Lucy episode. Uh, only in every way possible. And guess who wrote it? Rob Dames and Bob Fraser of past installment Marblehead Manor. Yes, that Bob Fraser. And then we have episode nine, the dog. dog. Billy has a run-in with his father, and Jose tries to take in a homeless old dog. Aw, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's heartwarming. Yeah. Sure doesn't end well, though. Uh, for Billy or for Jose? Both. Well, that's true. We have to we have to maintain maintain status quo maintain status quo. Oh, here we go, here we go, folks. But, but yeah, this is the one that this I think the- all of us have been waiting for because this is one of the two episodes on YouTube. Yep, and it's called Condomania, not Postomania, Greg. No, no, Condomania. Well, this is 1983. The Hulkster would still be with Vern Gagne in the AWA right now, so. Condomania, James and Jesse end up on a television court show when James insists that Jesse agree to buy the Kirkridge condo. Yeah, because what do we, it's like, what do we have here? Uh, Court shows, uh, uh, deals that go sour. Welcome to the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. And, And really, when you think of court shows in the early 80s, there's one show that comes to mind. Yeah, the People's Court. And was this not like an exact ripoff of People's Court? Even down uh, to the logo, not necessarily the the font face, but it was called the Citizens Court. Oh yes. And they had a judge who was very much like Judge Wapner. And they had. And a they n- also had a court reporter, very much like Doug Llewellyn. But oh, who played the court reporter, Greg? <laughs> Peter Tamarkin playing yes! yes! This would be... I believe he would have just been uh, off of Hitman for, like, what? Four months? 
No. no this episode no, aired weeks. April 28th. So, four, yeah, because yeah. Hitman's final episode would have been April 1st. So, four weeks then. My bad. My and, bad. And, and it was probably recorded a number of weeks before then. So, this may have been like literally right after Hitman wrapped up. So, it's, and, like, and who, he, it's like this episode aired, and then two, the, the next day he probably got the call for Press Your Luck. Yeah, because when would they have shot the pilot? When would they have shot the pilot for Pressure Luck for CBS? What, like May? Maybe he was like so good that Bill Carruthers was like, "That's the guy." May eighteenth of eighty three. Okay, so Bill Carruthers is obviously a fan of um, Condo. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean, he may have been a fan of of Peter Tamarkin's, uh hosting style on Hitman, but. Yeah, the Pressure Luck pilot was May 18th of 83, so that would have been about three weeks after this episode aired. Yep. Oh, and interestingly enough, Peter Tamarkin would surface in 1988 on Wipeout, and who produced Wipeout? Rob Dames and Bob Frazier. So that's like multi-talented. Create a game show, you write for Condo. Wrote for Full House. Yeah. Is there anything that Rob Davis and Bob Frazier did not do? But yeah, this episode is on YouTube, and it is the 80st, the 80sest 80s show that ever 80s. Yes, and it must be seen. It must be seen. Oh, yes. It must be seen indeed. And then we get to episode 11, The Affair. The Kirkridge's spot... Maria having lunch with an attractive doctor and assume that he is having an affair. That's your takeaway? Okay. Well, well, it's, again, it's standard sitcom tripe, basically. It's like, I I think this is where the show sort of went off the rails, because if you remember, at the beginning, it was all about Scott and Linda bringing up baby now it's about all the family trying to get on with each other and yet there's absolutely no character development whatsoever well and also we should add that condomania episode 10 we just mentioned aired april 28th of 1983 and the affair which was the next new episode didn't air until may 26th so that's four weeks later yeah so that's kind of telling at this point, ABC was pretty much giving up the ghost here. They were just burning off the episodes. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, too. Uh, episode 12, Nouveau Poor. When James' insurance sales drop, Jesse offers to buy policy, but James's ego won't let him accept what he views as charity. I would have expected that sort of thing to come from, uh, from Jesse's point of view instead of James, but then again... Uh, it just shows. It goes, just goes to show you that Jesse and James are more alike than different. And James has a lot of pride. Yeah. And then the last episode, members only. Boy, that doesn't have like an '80s connotation to it. Yeah. Jesse's attempt to join the country club that James belongs to reveals the underlying bigotry of the other members. That's that sounds like the, that sounds like another episode of King of the Hill. That sounds like a lot of stuff, unfortunately. Well, and again, look who wrote it. The late, great David Angel. He of Fraser fame. Oh, and I, I, I was wondering where I heard the name. 
Yeah, he died in 9-11. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that just took a creepy turn looking at his uh, information. You want to talk about creepy. One of the interesting things that I've just learned, and this would be repeated with uh, another show, The Golden Girls. Okay, Avon Wilder's supposed to be the mom, right? Avon Wilder's supposed to be the mom. Right. And James Victor's supposed to be her dad. Avon Wilder was two years older than James Victor. So what? He, she was two years older than James Victor. So he had heavy makeup and a graying beard. Because if you've seen him on the new Zorro, you know he has uh, not a full head of black of jet black hair, but he's got a he, he looks very young. He looks very young on the new Zorro, and what the new Zorro, if I'm not mistaken, would be another six years down the line. So eighty nine, ninety thereabout. Mm-hmm. And again, this would be uh, before the Golden Girls when Estelle Getty would be older than B-, B. Arthur, who is actually a year younger than B. Arthur. That makes sense, right? right? yes. Well, uh, we are talking about ABC basically giving up the ghost on this show uh, in April and May of 83. Yeah. This show had three time slots in its short life. Episodes 1 through 6 aired Thursdays at, from 8 to 8.30 on ABC. Then the next... Five episodes, 7 through 11, uh, they aired half an hour later, 8.30 to 9, replacing uh, future installment Amanda's. Yeah, we're covering Amanda's. Speaking of B. Arthur, there you go. Hmm. And, and then for the last two episodes, it reverted back to 8 to 8.30 on Thursdays. So, yeah, it, it... You know, when I think of ABC in the 80s, Really, they had just crappy shows on Thursday nights. Thursday nights was not their night, and this was even before must-see TV came along. I mean, it only got worse when you had The Cosby Show and Night Court and Cheers and A Different World or Family Ties, and you had ABC throwing up shows on Thursday nights like future installment The Charmings. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, is this going to put a wrap on it? Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, no, well, you're wrong because we're playing eBay prices, right? Oh my god! You always get eBay prices right when you least expect it. Oh. All right. What did we ever do to you? What, what are we bidding on? You did this podcast. What are you bidding on? You're bidding on a promotional photo for Condo with all the main characters. Oh, you have McLean Stevenson, and you have Luis Avalos, and you've got Julie Carmen and Yvonne Wilder and Brooke Alderson and Mark Price. You don't have the grandfather. You don't have the baby. Did you have? Wait, do we have Mark Shubb? Mark Shubb is there. Oh, yes. Good. And, and and what the picture uh, is, you have McLean Stevenson pointing his finger at Luis Avalos's face. They're right in each other's mugs and their grills. 
and then the two wives are sort of staring at each other, giving, you know, a, a glance at each other. Meanwhile, the uh, new couple is like tenderly like got their noses pressed up against each other. Aww. All right. Aww, this is a press nice. photo from Condo from 1983. And we'll start with, I'll start with Greg. And okay, also I I'm should trying. add, I should add, not that this may make a difference, but the item is actually located in the Netherlands. Does Don't that factor mean, shipping in, but... I was about to say, does that mean we're going to be bidding on this in... Unusual Europe? dollars and cents. It's, it's dollars. It, it's not euros. It's converted. Uh, it's not even converted. It's actually listed in dollars. Okay, American dollars. Okay. I'm going to bid fourteen ninety nine. dollars 99 for Greg and... Chico says, uh, do I want to be a bastard? No, bastard, I don't want to be. Bastard, bastard, bastard. $15.99. I can't be a bastard. I cannot be a bastard. $15.99. You can't be a bastard unlike the kid before these uh, the couple uh, got married. <laughs> All right. I, I, I can't. I've been raised too well. Uh, you're a very honorable soul. Well, guys, this photo has a buy-it-now price on eBay of $37.99. Are you kidding me? What? $38.09 shipping, you can have this photo. So if you've got $47 lying around, you can get this press photo from Condo. I could get four pictures on eBay of Mr. Smith and Boba with Leonard Fry. And actually, this seller has three photos up, two of which are thirty-seven ninety-nine, one of which is thirty-six ninety-nine. So if you're looking for that bargain, thirty-six ninety-nine. Well then, who knew condo photos would be so lucrative? Well, it has McLean Stevenson. Of course, it's going to jack the price up. Yeah. Well, now I think we can do a proper closure to this show. Okay, so condo. Two warring families brought together by the miracle of birth. Back in 1983, I need an interpreter. It was a thing on TV. Oh, that sounds a lot better. Well, don't forget, as always, we have a website. It was a thing on TV.com. And we've got social media presences at It Was A Thing On TV, on Instagram, and on Tumblr, and on Facebook, and on Jack Dorsey's hate box, at Mark Zuckerberg's hate box. And you can also find us through Discord, which links are available through our social media. Until later this week. Oh boy, we've got a treat for you this week. Oh, we got, we got something that is very, very, very obscure. Yeah, we really dug into the archives this week. Kondo is on the obscure side, but we went even more obscure. Even more obscure than that. Oh, yes. And and, uh, and, it, and it's related to one of uh, subjects from one of our previous entries. And also, as Greg mentioned earlier, Marsha Warfield is involved in some capacity. So think, what it, what, what, what's Marsha Warfield doing? 
sometime in the 80s. Besides Night Court. Besides Night Court. Uh, Super Password? Not, no. No. Yeah, she wouldn't do the Marshall Warfield show until the 90s, so that's out of the question. No. Well, I guess we're just going to have to find out by listening to that episode, which is going to drop on Thursday, right, Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're damn right. Yeah. So until then, thank you very much for listening. Row! I'm pregnant. Santa Maria. (laughs) No. Santa Lucia. You've slept together? (laughs) Santa Barbara. Your daughter is pregnant and you're naming beach towns? (laughs) Your son has ruined my daughter's life. No, he hasn't. This is too much for one night. Linda, are you sure that you... I went to the doctor. Santa Monica. What are you, the surf report? (laughs) 